Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How's everyone doing? All right, all right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you guys. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the magnificent name of the Lord. How y'all doing tonight? We will um, move. We're going to come from 1 John chapter 3. Um, I said we would answer this question. 1 John chapter 3, and we'll start at verse 19 there. Give you guys a moment to pull it up. Again, it is a pleasure and an honor to be in the midst of another Bible study. Um, I actually was thinking about this. Uh, I don't remember exactly what day it was, but you know, I have been saying on Bible study for what maybe two or three weeks now that I felt that God was, he was trying to warn us of something. And I wasn't sure what it was. Um, if you guys remember me saying uh, things along that line. And then I realized uh, just over the past couple of weeks or so, how I personally know so many people who have been affected by COVID. Um, so I feel now, I don't know if that was all he was telling me, but I feel that that's what he was trying to let me know, um, that another wave, we were due for another wave of COVID. Uh, so I thank God that no matter what he does, uh, he's going to let us know. He's going to try to prepare us. He's going to try to tell us ahead of time because that's the God we serve. Now, he didn't promise, hey, you know, nobody's going to get sick. He didn't promise me that. He didn't promise that I wouldn't get sick. So I could very well uh, find myself sick. But he did promise that he'd always be with us. And so I thank God for that comfort, knowing that he's there, regardless of if it's a sickness going on, regardless of whatever problem we can find in our lives, I thank God he's there. I thank God that he promised to always be there. Uh, you know, we can make promises and it doesn't matter because tomorrow we could die. Tomorrow, you know, we, we weren't able to keep our promise uh, because of the circumstances, but God, he's always able to keep his promise. So I thank God for that. Uh, again, we're coming from 1 John chapter 3, and we're at verse 19 there. Again, that's 1 John chapter 3 and verse 19. Give you guys an opportunity to pull that up. Uh, and momentarily, we will go into a word of prayer. All right, let's go into a word of prayer. You guys will join in with me. Gracious Lord, thank you for just being a mighty, awesome God. Lord, we thank you for your loving hand continuing to be upon our lives. Lord, we thank you for all the, the many blessings, the many miracles that you performed in our lives. Lord, us just being gathered together tonight, Lord, we understand that's a miracle. You've given us breath. We understand that's a miracle. Even if our situation seems grim, it seems dim, no matter what's happening, Lord, help us to continue to be reminded 
there is a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm, Lord. Help us to actually believe that. Lord, asking that you would just continue to show yourself in our lives, Lord. Help us to see you in every situation and everything that you're doing for us. Help us to see it, Lord. Help us to be grateful. Help us, Lord, to show our gratitude, to show our, our thankfulness, Lord. Help us not to take uh, things you've given us for granted. And so, Lord, we're praying all these blessings. Lord, we're praying for the Bible study tonight that we would all hear something that would encourage us to uh, journey on a little bit more, Lord. We're praying uh, for those going through whatever trials and tribulations, Lord, whether it's sickness, Lord, whether it's uh, destruction, whatever's going on at this hour, Lord. We're praying that you would just continue to be with your people and continue to remind them that you're there. Sometimes, Lord, your, your people forget that you're still in charge. And so, Lord, we're, we're hoping and we're praying, Lord, that you would just make it evident to us in every situation. Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your loving name, Jesus. Amen. All right. So. Amen. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. Uh, so uh, we had a question coming from 1 John chapter 3 and verse 20 uh, this past week. So let's start at 1 John chapter 3, and let's start at verse 19 first. All right. Everybody got it? Yes, sir. All right. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. All right, so the question really comes from uh, verse 20 and 21, but we're going to work our way down. So now this letter was written by John, uh, the same one who wrote Revelation, the same one who wrote the book of John, uh, one of the 12. He says, and hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. You know, in life, there's some things we need to make sure of. I thought about uh, when you, uh, when anybody who has any experience with cooking something, what we're really doing is trying to make sure that that food is safe to eat. That's really why we're doing that. I know we say, well, I want it to taste good. Yeah, but now if it tastes good and make you sick, you're not gonna like it. What we're really doing is we're trying to make sure of that food. That's the reason we uh, put something, you might cook a hot dog, we put it in boiling water. Uh, whatever it is, we use fire to make sure we use the temperature, heat. We use it to make sure, even when we put things in the refrigerator, we're doing that to make sure the food doesn't spoil. We're, so there are things that we use. I'm, I'm trying to give you an example of, of something we use to make sure of a certain thing. So here it says, and hereby, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. 
God wants to make sure our heart is where it should be. God wants to make sure of that. If you go back to the children of Israel, God told them, he said, I'm going to prove them. I'm going to prove whether they will follow me or not. Because a lot of times <laughs> we'll get into God and we say, you know what? I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to do what he told me. And somewhere along the line, God begins to put us through some tests. And what we reveal is, I'm not actually going to follow him. What he's doing is he's testing us. He's making sure. Now, God already knew, but he's making us to know. God wants to make us to know of our own heart. There are some things in people's hearts they don't even know is there. They say, oh, I would never do this. I would never do that. And so, as soon as a situation comes up, you know what we find ourselves doing? The same things we said we would never do. So he's going to make sure of our hearts. But now this is for us now. This is not for God. This is really for us. Let's keep going to verse 20. For if our, our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Now, we use fire. We use heat. We can use a microwave. I know somebody said, well, there's no fire in the microwave. I want to use a gas stove then so we can understand it this way. We use fire to purify things. We have something that we use as a tool. The fire we use is a tool to purify it, to make sure of it, to make sure it's safe to eat. That, that's what we're using it for. God uses the Holy Ghost as the fire. The Bible even tells us he's going to baptize us with Holy Ghost and fire. The fire always purifies something. The fire always does that. You burn out all the impurities, all the uh, infirmities with a fire. You know, people, um, uh, they, and I don't know much about it, so don't ask me no question on this one because I don't know a whole lot about it. But I know uh, even with different metals, uh, they use fire to burn all the impurities out from it. Uh, to make sure this metal is what it says it is. Uh, sometimes people will sell, uh, they say, oh yeah, this is pure gold here. And someone begins to test it out because they know, oh, this gold, you know, it should have this much fire resistance. Uh, this metal should have that much fire resistance. People do this type of stuff. You can look it up now. I don't know all the specifics about that. But I understand people use fire to try things, to make sure. That's what they're using it for, to make sure. Uh, people, uh, especially women, I know women love diamonds. They use certain things to make sure that those diamonds are real. There's certain ways you can check 
we, we can get uh, money. There's things we use to make sure that that money's real. So now God, he's going to have people who follow in him. And he says, okay, I'm going to make sure you really believe what you say you believe. And the way he's going to do it, he has, he gives us the Holy Ghost. The Bible tells us the Holy Ghost, God is sending that to purify our hearts, to work on our hearts. It's a fire coming to shape and mold our hearts. Now, has anyone ever been, has anyone ever did something wrong and you didn't feel convicted about it? You did wrong, but you didn't feel bad about doing wrong. Anybody ever, anybody ever been that way? You, Tony, I'll be honest. Whenever I was out there living in sin, living for Satan, doing what I wanted to do, there used to be a time in my life that I could treat people any kind of way, do whatever I wanted to, and it didn't bother me. But whenever mm -hmm. I come to the Lord and he revealed some things to me, it's hard for me to do anything, any, anybody, any kind of way. It's hard. For, you know, as soon as I do something that uh, might hurt somebody, it troubles me in my spirit. Now, I've got to go and get that and make that right, or it bothers me until I do. Yes, sir. I know exactly what you mean, because the Holy Ghost has been working on you. That's what has happened. The Holy Ghost has come. The scripture in the book of Romans said it shed abroad our hearts. The God gives us the Holy Ghost to change our heart. There's a reason. We, because at some point or another, we all have did this. If we say we haven't did this, then we don't even need the Holy Ghost. We don't even have any sin. But we've all did this. We have did wrong, and we didn't even feel sorry about it either. We had no conscience toward that wrong. We did not feel any remorse whatsoever for the wrong we did. And so God gives us the Holy Ghost to work on our hearts. So we find in verse 20, he says, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. God has given, now we're talking about people in the church now, who God has given them the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will let us know, you know what, Tony, you were wrong. You know, I went to, um, me and my wife, we were at Pizza Hut. I remember we were at Pizza Hut and uh, went inside, paid for a pizza with cash. And I, I I don't always have cash, but I had cash this time. Went in and paid for it with cash. And I think uh, the pizza was, I don't remember exactly how much it was, but I remember this person, they gave me my change. They gave me more money than I went in there with. I came out with a pizza and more money than I even went in there with. I know it was, it was either 20 or $40. Uh, I can't remember exactly. But I remember they gave me 
double the money that I went in there with. And so I thought something was weird, uh, even at the register, but I got my pizza and I went back to the car and I began to look at it. I said, man, they gave me too much money and the Holy Ghost wouldn't even let me leave. I knew it was wrong. So I went back in and gave them the money back. As a person, they didn't even acknowledge it. But the thing is, I wasn't, even, I wasn't doing it for them. I was doing that because I knew it was the right thing to do. So if our heart condemn us, God knows he will forgive us. If you, uh, let, let's flip over to chapter one really quickly. We're coming right back here really quickly in first john chapter one and verse nine uh, you know what's interesting right. tony whenever whenever it comes to the world whenever you say something or do something they say that you offend them but whenever it comes to the spiritual world it's uh the spirit convicts us uh um and, and helps us to get where we need to be uh get our heart right and where we need to be in our relationship with the lord but the Lord, but but this world, oh, you offended me. You know, if uh, Tony, I want I if if it's something that offends, I need to I need to be offended. I need to be convicted to where I can get where I need to be. Otherwise, we'll never get there. We will never get there. People don't like to be corrected. That's what it comes down to. Nobody likes to be corrected. Everybody's smart. Everybody knows every answer. We're not a very humble people. But it takes the Holy Ghost to humble us. It's, That's right. Don't want to. Don't want to be wrong. Want to be right about everything. Yep. So without the Holy Ghost, you know, we're going to be lost. We don't have a choice because there are some things we're missing, and God's wanting to give it to us, but we don't feel that God has the right answer. So let, let's look at First uh, John, chapter one and verse nine here. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. It's to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sin, you know, for us to truly confess, I'm not talking about the confession that people give when uh, they get caught. If we truly confess, this has to come from our heart. There had to have been something in there that says, I was wrong. Flip back over to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 20. He said, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. If our heart condemn us, if we sin, we do wrong. Now, this is because we have the Holy Ghost. Now, he's, he's talking about after we have gotten the Holy Ghost here. And I know there's some confession we can do even before the Holy Ghost. Sure there is. But now, it's to a greater level once we receive the Holy Ghost. And so now, after God has began to work on us and we understand our wrongs, we confess God forgives us. He knows we were sorry. You know, sometimes you get in some situations, and I've seen this happen. Sometimes a person will do something by mistake. And no matter what you tell someone else, 
they're still going to say, no, they tried to do that. No matter what you tell them. I know even recently, um, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was LeBron James. He, he elbowed someone in the face and the guy was bleeding all over the place. And I listened to people talk about it. One person said, oh, he tried to do it. And there's nothing you can tell people to prove to them he didn't try to do it. Now, I don't know, so I wouldn't even try to prove it. But I'm using that scenario because there are situations in life where we might not even try to do something wrong, and we mistakenly do it. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, the other night, uh, I was getting some things out the car, and uh, we had a crock pot in the trunk, and that was the last thing I went outside to get. And trying to get it out, somehow I dropped it, broke it. There's a glass that sits in the inside of the crock pot, uh, shattered it. And I felt bad. My, my, in my heart, I was like, man, you know, I even dread coming inside telling my wife because I knew she'd be disappointed about that crock pot. But in my heart, I knew I felt bad. But now, God, now that I'm not saying that was a sin because that wasn't a sin. But God, he sees how we feel in our heart. He knows how we feel. He knows you're godly sorrow, sorrowful. He knows that. He knows you're sorry. Your heart's already condemned you. Your heart's already told you now. You know that was wrong. We'll do some stuff we know is wrong. And immediately in our hearts, it tells us, yeah, you, yeah, you know you're not right for that. So he said, God knows, and he will forgive you. But now there's something that happens in verse 22. Excuse me, 21. Let, let's go to 21. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God? He said, beloved, if our heart condemn us not then have we confident confidence toward god now i i've heard preachers talk about this um i've i've looked into some things myself because i was trying my best to understand this now let's say uh, you have us we're in the church we get saved. Let's say we were a thief before. We stolen. Not many of us on here are probably stolen. I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but I'll be honest with you and tell you I've stolen before. I did it. But since then, I recognize I was wrong. Within my heart, ask God for forgiveness. The scripture in John chapter uh, one, he told us, look, he'll forgive us. He will forgive you. But you know what happens along the way. <laughs> See, when you have a past, somebody likes to go dig it up. <laughs> I was talking to one person and they, they said, you know what? If you want to find out, if you want somebody to find out what you have did in your life, run for some type of office. 
They said, you know, I don't know how people find out about this stuff. You run for the president, run for governor, run for mayor, you know, run for one of these offices. You know, people go dig up stuff you did back in 2002. (laughs) (laughs) People dig up stuff 10 years ago. The mistakes that you made, you might not be that same person now. That, that might not be you anymore. You, you could have changed because your heart, in your heart, you, you feel condemned. You feel convicted. But people will still go and dig that up. And they say, man, you remember when you used to do this? Now you think you're somebody, huh? You, you must have forgot you used to do this too. People do that to you. That's what they said about Saul after, after he was, had that conversion on the Damascus Road. People don't let you change. People don't let you change. They refuse to allow you to change. If you're just joining us, we're in 1 John chapter 3, and we're at verse 21. People will not allow you to become a better person. They don't want to see you change. They want to drag you back down. You know what they want to do? They want to convict you again. They want you to feel bad all over again. If you're just joining us, we're in 1 John chapter 3, and we're at verse 21. He said, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. See, this is now dealing with someone who has already repented. This person has already gotten straight with God. They've already changed. But somehow, somewhere along the line, the devil tries to bring up your past. He'll use somebody. They didn't go. They will go and bring up stuff about you. You say, man, I forgot I did that. My goodness. People will do this now. They'll bring up something you have put far away from your mind. You say, man, I sure did do that. You get surprised hearing it all over again because you're nowhere close to that same person. You're nowhere close to that person. But they will bring it up and try to condemn you all over again. But he said, look, we have confidence toward God. We already have confidence. God's already forgiven me. God has already saved me from those things you're trying to bring up. See, that happened. That happened to Moses. People will do it to you even after you die. You know, people will die, and somebody will still go and try to dig up all the bad stuff they did. Somebody said, you won't even let them rest in peace. (laughs) But people will do it. Even if somebody's dead, they'll still go and bring up, well, you remember they did this? They're not even here anymore. Why are we even discussing this? What does it matter now? So he said, look, if our heart condemned us not, see, I don't have to continue feeling bad about something I've already went and gotten straight with. I don't have to keep holding on to, man, I remember I used to steal. I remember I used to lie. God has already forgiven me for that. But every once in a while, the enemy will come. And he'll come in the form of your friend, your cousin, your mom, dad, sister or brother, even in your own mind. Your mind will just pop to something you did a long time ago, you say, oh man, I can't believe I did that. But you know what? If you have already gotten straight, 
Now there's an if there. God has already forgiven you. I see we have a comment here. Uh, yes, what about when a person in their mind? Yes, that, yeah, that's what I was just saying, actually. It will even pop up in your mind. But we have to remember. Now, this is if you've gotten straight now. I'm coming from this uh, the angle that we've already gotten straight because that's what happened in verse 20. Our heart condemned us. We realized we were wrong. We asked for forgiveness, told us that in John 1. We're asking for forgiveness. God, God, I know I was wrong. I know I was wrong. And so you go on with your life not doing that stuff anymore. Not, you, you're going around trying your best not to steal from people no more. But those people you knew, somebody you know, they're going to bring it up to you one day. You remember when you used to do this? I remember I did it. I also remember I stopped. People try to bring it up. I've had friends do the same thing. People I used to do stuff with, and we didn't have no business doing those type of things. They say, oh, you remember this, man? Yeah, I remember. I don't do it no more. But they do that because they're still doing it. And they want to make you feel bad about it. They want to condemn you for it. But you've changed now. So let's pick up verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. He said, he said what we ask, he'll do it because we've changed. We're doing those things pleasing in his sight now. We used to not do that. But now we have this confidence in God. We believe he's forgiven us. We believe he hears what we're asking him. He always heard it, but now we have confidence that he'll do some things we're asking him. But what are we asking him for? You know, as, as I began to think about this, because some people take this scripture and scriptures uh, like this and they say, oh, I can ask God for whatever it is I want and he'll just do it. But that's not what he's saying. He told us to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. There are certain things that Jesus would ask for. There are certain things. You know, you have some guy, they say, well, Lord, give me three wives. Now, God, he don't want us to ask for something like that. He doesn't want us asking for things like that. But, you know, something I thought about. Now, to me, now this is one of, if not the most important thing we could ask God. You know what it is? To forgive us. Forgiveness. How can we be saved without forgiveness? How can we be saved? Think about what has gotten us into the condition that we're in. 
because God was upset with us. You know, when somebody get upset with you, um, uh, you can have people fighting and, uh, and you see it happen a lot of times. I used to hear about it. Uh, and that was one of the things. Well, I won't say that. You, you can have two people. You can have people married. They can fight. And you know what happens when somebody gets upset? They say, all right, get out of, get out the room, and you got to sleep on the couch. That's what happens when we're upset with someone. You put them out. You don't want to see them really again, really, until you've forgiven them. Think about what happened with the Garden of Eden. God put Adam and Eve out because he was upset with them. Forgiveness is, to me now, this is the best thing God could give us because forgiveness encompasses the Holy Spirit. We, we can only be forgiven by having the Holy Spirit. That's the only way we can even be forgiven. So to me now, Forgiveness is the best thing God can offer us because if he forgives us, everything else comes with it. Everything else comes with it. If he doesn't forgive us, we're headed in the wrong direction. We can get the cars. We can get the lifestyle. We can get all the fun times we want in the world. But if he doesn't forgive us, what will it profit? He said, what will it profit a man to gain the whole world? and lose his own soul because somebody wasn't forgiven. That's what happened. That means they did not do the necessary things to be forgiven. Because he said here, whatever we ask, if we ask him to be forgiven and we truly mean it, he'll do it. So it wasn't him because he was uh, so upset. You know, sometimes people get so upset and you can apologize for something. But because they were so upset with you, they said, man, I don't want to hear that. Sometimes people are that way. God is not that way. He's not that way. He will forgive us. So I want to go over to Romans. Um, let's pick up Romans 8 and 26. Romans 8 and 26. See, in order for us to be forgiven truly now, we need his spirit because his spirit is going to work on our heart and is going to cause us to stop doing things that are wrong because we're going through life especially when we did not have his spirit. We were going through just as David said. We could do somebody wrong and it won't bother us. We say, man, forget them. I don't care. We're fast to say, I don't care. Without love. Let's pick up verse 26 there. Likewise, the spirit also helped our infirmities. The Spirit helps us where we're weak. That's what he gives us his Spirit for. Our hearts, they're wicked. 
our hearts contradict what God wants. We don't think that though. <laughs> we think God wants whatever we want. <laughs> That's what we think. We think God wants whatever we want. That's what God wants. Mm-hmm. But it's not so. Go ahead. But we know what we should pray for as we out. He said, for we know not. We don't even know what we should pray oh, for. No, not. <laughs> he said, we don't even know what we need to be praying for. We need to be praying, God, forgive me. God, forgive me for my wrongs. It's going to take the Holy Ghost. We said, well, I, I don't know what to pray for. I've heard people say it before. We need the Holy Ghost to help us to know what it is we need to pray for. It's going to help us with our weaknesses. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. It's going to truly transform our lives. It's going to teach us, the Bible said, all things. That's what the Holy Ghost is going to do. I thank God for his spirit because I could not be forgiven without it. We can't make it without his spirit. We cannot make it. We can't be saved. There's a lot of good people in the world. There's a lot of people who have did a lot of good things, but they died without his spirit. Let's pick up. uh, We're going to go up to verse nine quickly, and then we're going to drop back down. Uh, verse nine. Uh, let's go up to eight. Go up to eight first, and then we'll get nine. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. We cannot please God in the flesh. We need a spirit. We need a spirit. That's what we just found in the book of First John. He said, "Whatever he, whatever we ask, he'll do it for us." Because we do those things that are pleasing. And the reason why we can do it is because of his spirit. Because we ask God to forgive us. We repented. He gave us his spirit. To further help us. Lead and guide us into all truth. Let's read verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. It will so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. He said, you're in the spirit if you have the spirit. Now, there's an if. There's an if. It's so important for us to get his spirit. I can't, I don't know how many times we talk about it. But I just want to remind us of the importance our heart would not condemn us without his spirit. We can do all kinds of wrong things. Won't bother us one bit. Now, sure, there are some things we would feel condemned about even without his spirit. You can take people who don't even believe God exists. They say, I don't believe in a God. You know, even those same people, you can take some of them now. I'm not saying all of them, but you can take some of them. They wouldn't run somebody over in their car and kill them. They feel, man, I just can't do that. That's wrong. They still have some conscience. 
Some of those people still have some conscience. But there are some things we're just not going to feel the conviction about without his spirit. We're just not. There's a reason he's trying to tell us, receive his spirit. We cannot please him without it. Because there's going to be some things that our heart says, ain't nothing wrong with that, Tony. You can do it. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Well, you don't have to do this. Ain't nothing wrong if you don't do it. That's, That's somebody who doesn't have his spirit. And even if they do, I can tell you this. They have not matured in his spirit. We still have to have the knowledge. I won't get into all that. Let's keep reading. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He said, you won't be saved now. If you die this way, now that doesn't mean at this point today, if you don't have it, you can't be saved. That's not what he's saying. You can receive it tonight. He's talking about those people who die without his spirit. So many people are leaving every day. You know, that brings me to my next point. I was thinking about, and we're going to drop down as we wrap this thing up. Let's drop down. Uh, I think I want to verse 33. Yeah, let's drop down to verse 33. You know, I was thinking, especially with so many of us getting sick, uh, so many things going on in the world. As I listen to uh, people talk about COVID, uh, people talk, especially COVID though, it, it bothers me because now while I believe God is still going to take care of me, it bothers me when people talk recklessly. You know, a, a lot of people say, oh, well, uh, COVID, it, it ain't nothing. It's just like a cold. You know, I would be careful with that. And the reason I say that is because, you know, a cold can kill you. See, there's a lot of routine things. We look at a cold as something routine. Uh, You know, it just happens from time to time. Yes, it does. I'm not saying a lot of people die from getting the cold all the time. I'm not even saying that. What I am saying is, if we get so high-minded, in thinking we can just handle anything, that God's not going to allow anything to happen to us. He just might. People die from some very routine things. You know, I heard uh, just the other day, a guy was telling me, he said, hey, man, did you hear about uh, this person was in high school? He said, did you hear about that person in high school had an asthma attack and died? You know, asthma is a routine thing. It's something routine. It's something just about all of us. We, we, we probably know one person with asthma. We probably all know somebody with asthma. And if you don't, I guarantee you, you can ask your family member tonight. We got anybody in our family with asthma? They won't be too far down the line. They'll be able to tell you somebody with asthma. They say, yeah, the high school had died with asthma. So many people, and, and I, I began to look it up. Now, this is what I looked up. It said, uh, it is rare for somebody to die with asthma. Now, that's what I looked up. It said, it's rare. 
It also went along to say 10 people every day in the U.S. die from asthma. 10 people a day. Now, I don't care how rare that is. My God, that's a lot of people. 10 people a day? Out of a whole year. That's a lot of people in my mind. Now, to you, you might say, oh, it's just 10 people. But that's 10 lives I'm looking at. That's 10 people somebody cared about. I'm looking at this is something that's so common. But some of those routine things will lead to somebody's death. You know, uh, I seen some athlete, I don't even remember, I think I seen an article, some athlete, uh, it said he died. Now, they didn't say, I didn't read, at least I didn't see it. They didn't say what kind of surgery he had, but they said it was a routine surgery. That's the word they used, and he died. That tells me they perform this thing all the time, but it doesn't usually kill somebody. I understand we live in a world where something so routine can cause you to die. You know, we routinely drive our cars, uh, those that drive. You routinely, even if we don't drive, we routinely get in some type of vehicle. And you know somebody is routinely doing that. And somebody dying every day from that same thing. They said, man, I've did it a hundred times. I never had any problem. And you know what? One time. It's going to be one too many. That, that, that next time, somebody's going to die from it. So what I'm saying is there are some routine things in life. I'm praying we don't take them for granted. I'm praying we don't take the cold for granted. I'm praying we don't take coronavirus, anything. Driving a vehicle, getting in the passenger seat, getting on the back seat, whatever it is, eating. You know, there's somebody out there. You know, I remember one time, my God, I still remember it like it was yesterday. I remember eating a bag of chips, something routine now. I remember choking so hard on these chips. The perfect size chip went down the wrong pipe. And I remember choking so hard, I had tears in my eyes. You know, I could have died off a bag of chips. Something so routine. You say, man, I eat, I eat chips every day. I don't choke. Uh, you, you just talk. Something so routine will take you out. So I'm saying, let us respect God. And to say, you know, I hope God brings me through to even just the common things I do every day. There's some things we take for granted. We eat food every day. Like I said, You can choke off of it. God can cause even your body to stop functioning. We can't even routinely eat anymore. Whenever we get comfortable, we get complacent. And whenever we get to that place, we need to be very careful because it can keep us from moving closer in getting where we really need to be. Oh, I'm comfortable with where I'm at. You know, I don't ever need to get comfortable, so comfortable that I that I, that I allow it to keep me from moving forward in my walking relationship with the Lord. It's a dangerous thing. 
it's a dangerous thing. I, I see it. I'm just beginning to see it so much. We get so comfortable and complacent, like you said. Even with routine things, we expect, oh, it's going to happen. But we still better be praying if it's the Lord's will. You know, if it's the Lord's will, I wake up in the morning. If it's the Lord's will, people doing some very routine things and losing their lives over it. You know, I, I was reading um, in the book of, uh, I think it's Second Chronicles. Yeah, Second Chronicles, chapter 16. And we, we won't go there, but go back and look at it for yourself sometime. Uh, it's toward the bottom of uh, Second Chronicles, chapter 16. It talks about this king. Uh, Asa, Asa, however you want to pronounce his name, uh, and how he developed some disease in his foot. Now, I don't know how common the disease was. It didn't say. It didn't say. But the scripture does point out he never saw God. It said he never saw God about this problem that he had. He saw the physicians. The Bible says he went to the physicians. He looked for everybody to help him but God. And the scripture said the man died. We have to remember God is still in control of whatever situation we have. It doesn't have to be a sickness. It can be any problem going on in our lives. Seek him. See God about it. He has the power to intervene. But we have to be willing to seek him. We'll seek all sorts of people, but never once seeking God's advice. Going to the person who will communicate to God on our behalf. The Bible tells us there is safety in the multitude of counselors. We don't want to. Huh? Sorry. Uh, and did you say Second Chronicles? Uh, 16? Uh, yeah, Second Chronicles 16. I believe it starts at verse 12. Gotcha. Yeah, Second Chronicles 16. I believe it's verse 12. It, he had a sickness, but he didn't see God about it. You know, it could have been something somebody told him. They said, oh, man, look, we've seen it happen a thousand times. You're going to be okay. It's okay. You go to the doctor. Oh, look. Yeah, I got this problem. They said, oh, yeah, we've seen that before. This is what you got to do to take care of that. And you go home feeling good about yourself. Not knowing. God can still take you out. The scripture said it grew exceedingly worse. It continued to get worse. No doubt he went back to the physician. He said, man, I thought you said, now the scripture didn't say this part. I thought you said, man, this wasn't that bad. I thought you said I can get over this. It's so common. But something so common and routine can still end your life. So like I said, I don't know what sickness that person had. I don't know because the scripture didn't say. But I just understand routine things can still end your life, even if it's just a cold. Some people say that about COVID, it drives me crazy. Even if it's a cold, brother or sister, you don't want a cold? Who wants to be stopped up and can't breathe? Who, who wants to feel that way? Who wants to feel this? Who wants to not be able to sleep? You wake up in the middle of the night and you're sweating. But you say, I feel cold. 
you know, all kind of things that don't make sense. Who wants that? Who wants that? So that's one of the things that God has put on my heart. We have to be careful. Uh, I was going to get this. Um, let, let's go there. We got, we got a couple minutes. We won't get the Romans, Romans 8. Uh, I was going to bring that in. But let, let's, get, let's get this last verse. Philippians 4 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Again, that is Philippians 4, and we're at verse 6. I'm, I'm praying God would wake us up to understand, you know, anything can take you out. Anything, anything. It's by God's grace that we're still here. It's his grace that we got over that cold we had, the flu that we had. Whatever it is that we've had before in life, even if we uh, drive Two minutes up the road. You know, it's God's grace. We made it two minutes up the road. Somebody can't get in their vehicle for only two minutes before they die. Somebody can get in their vehicle and have a heart attack. You don't have to have some underlying condition. Don't let people fool you into thinking this. They say, oh, don't worry, man. You're healthy. You know, there's healthy athletes that die from heart attacks. Healthy people, people that exercise every day of their lives, healthy, eat healthy, die from a heart attack. So, they didn't have our to car wreck, our die. car wreck on the way home from the doctor's office. Yeah, and they didn't have to get COVID to die. That's right. So, it makes me, but I, I think the scripture that I'm thinking about is in Daniel, but it makes me think about that scripture that talks about. Uh, being weighed in the balance and found lacking or in want. Um, mm -hmm. um, and we, we need to make sure that whenever we are, you were talking about being um, the fire and the spirit and all that, um, we, we, we need to make sure that we are not found lacking. The scripture says, uh, uh, giving lip service, but your, but your heart is far from me. Got to make sure our heart's in the right place, but it's going to take his spirit to do it. Is going to take his spirit. Let's pick up verse 6 here. Philippians 4 and verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. A lot of times people tell you, man, you're worried about nothing. But sometimes that nothing is actually something to be worried about. Man, it ain't nothing. Brother, don't you know that nothing can take you out? God can use that same thing that you thought was nothing. And that'll be your last day here. Jeez. That'll be your last moments because it was nothing. You know, people say that about being baptized in Jesus' name. Oh, that ain't, man, that ain't all y'all make it out to be. It's not that important. You don't even have to do it. They say it about receiving the Holy Spirit. You Look, I do that later. Now, they won't say it's nothing, but their actions say it's nothing. They say, well, that's not the most urgent thing. I want to do a few things in my life first before I get right with God. Let's keep reading here. But in everything, in prayer and supplication, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. He said, we can ask him for things. But what we need to ask him, 
God, please forgive me my transgression. Lord, help me to have a pure heart. Are these the things we're asking God? Without the Holy Ghost, we can't. We'll be asking for all sorts of stuff. Lord, if only I had a few extra thousand dollars. That's the only type of things that we're praying about. Lord, if I could just get this. You know, if I could just get this job I really been wanting. If I could just get this new house. These are the things that we're looking for. We're looking for so many material things. Lord, if I could just get this, if I could just get that. I'm not saying all those things are bad, but they're not the most important. They're not the most important. What's most important is that we die in Christ. We're going to die anyways. Might be from a cold, might be from COVID, might be a car accident, who knows? We might choke and die. But if we die in Christ, if we die saved, it's worth it. It's worth it. So he said, look, with everything, be careful for nothing and give thanks unto God. Be grateful. We can ask God for things. But we should be asking him for the most important things first. Our priorities are backwards. We ask for the least important things first. And the most important things, we put those last. We put those last. So he said, in the peace of God, it'll be with you. It'll pass all understanding. People will wonder, well, why aren't you just tore up about this? People will bring up your past. I, I was going to pick it up in the book of Romans. Chapter 8, starting at verse 33, he said, who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who can lay anything? People will bring up those things of your past. Try to condemn you. Say, man, you ain't no better than me. We did this same stuff together. But we're two different people now. Because I'm trying to put that stuff behind me. You're still doing it. You're still doing it. We are different. I'm not better than you. You're right about that. Neither one of us are no better than the next. But we're two different people headed in two different directions. So they'll try to lay a charge against you. Uh, we won't get into it, but the devil did that to Moses in the book of Jude. My son and his friend apparently went and spent some time in Caledonia um, uh, and actually um, connected up with some people that used to know me a long, long time ago, Tony. And um, today they was asking me questions about certain things that I was involved in whenever I was 19. Uh, way back when I was involved. Uh, um, but and, and then the girl said, uh, she's like, my mama, my mama knows you from um, uh, where I go to the nursing homes and talked about how, uh, you know, um, uh, religious and spiritual and all that. But when you look back on my past, that's a whole different person. And I told him, I was like, you know, people ask me, even my son, why do I, why do I talk about the Lord so much? Why do I this? Why do I that? I'm a blessed man. He, 
I'm not that man. I'm not a perfect man. I'm not the man yet that I want to be, but I'm so thankful that I'm not the man. He delivered me from that stuff. I'm no longer, no longer that man anymore. And I'm so thankful, so thankful what he delivered me from. I don't, I, I don't talk the way I used to. I don't act the way I used to. He said, come out from amongst them. Come out. I'm, I used to be, I used to be a part of the world, but I'm no longer a part of the world. I'm in the world, but I'm not a, I'm not a part of what they got going on anymore. And uh, I'm so thankful for his deliverance. I'm not that same person anymore. Just like Saul, whenever he had that experience with the Lord, the Lord even changed his name. He was no longer Saul, but Paul, the great apostle Paul. Thank God for deliverance. Amen. You know, but that's what people want to do to you. They want to say, oh, we remember 20 years ago you were doing it. They have to go so far back to bring up things that you did. They have to go so far back. But he said, who can lay a charge on God's elect? Who can do it? It won't matter who does it. God has already forgiven us for those things. Once we have changed, our heart let us know by the Holy Ghost. It took the Holy Ghost. Our heart let us know you were wrong. You need to change. And we changed by the grace of God. And now somebody wants to go and dig it up. <laughs> they want to go and bring up your past. So somebody told me, they said, look, if you want, if you want somebody to know what things you did, run for some type of office. People go and find your old, everything you did in the past, they go and find it out. And you know, another important thing about the Holy Spirit is the scripture says that once we receive his spirit, we re that's where we get the power from to overcome sin because we don't have the power within ourselves to, to overcome sin. The only way that we can overcome sin is through whenever we receive the spirit of the Lord within us, working in us. You know, if we could have saved ourselves, there would have been no reason for, for the Lord to go to the cross. But, um, uh, Oh, I'm so thankful for what he did for me. Me too. Me too. I, I love to see God work on, you know, our lives, working in our lives. But it's all because of his spirit. None of us would be here today. Even the people, uh, even anyone who doesn't have his spirit, you still wouldn't be where you are today without him. Because he said he's drawing us. That's the only way we can even come to him. He's drawing us with his spirit. Two perfect, two perfect scriptures to wrap up this this study. I think Tony would be in in John chapter one verses eleven and twelve, where the Lord said, or the scripture says that the Lord he came into his own, and his own received him not. But then it didn't stop there. He said, "But as many as that will receive him." To them, he gives the power to become the sons of the Most High God. Even those, even those that that, that believe in His name uh, are called on His name. His name is Jesus, the only way to be saved. Yes, sir. The power to become His children. We have to become God's children. Become. So I thank God for you guys. Uh, at this time, are there any questions? Anything you guys wanted to mention before we get out of here?
Well, if not, we will say praise the Lord. I thank God for each and every one of you. I thank God for everything he's doing in our lives, uh, the changes he's um, made through us. Uh, we know it was all possible because of him. None of us of our own power. Um, whether we have the Holy Spirit or not, we still didn't do it by our own power. It still was him. It was still him. So I thank God for that. And I'm hoping and praying that we will continue on in his word. God has some great things in store for us. Um, I'm ready to see the glory that shall be revealed in us. I hope you hold on uh, to receive uh, and see everything that God has in store for us. Uh, Jesus told us in one place in his father's house, there are many mansions. <laughs> I don't know what I'm, I'm trying to hold still, please. <laughs> I'm trying to hold still. I'm sorry. I'm fired up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to hold still. That's, that's what the Holy Ghost does to us. As David said, just like fire shut up in my bones. You can't hold still when that fire is in you. you it's got to get out. It's got to get out. You go to the stove and touch the fire and see if you can stay still. No, you're going to move. So once that fire gets in you, you're fired up for God. So I thank God for it. Um, I thank God for each and every one of you. Uh, and I'm praying, like I said, we will continue on in his work. Don't, don't let this be the last time. Some people, they, they start in God and, you know, run into a tough time and they're ready to turn around. We might have felt that way before. But I, I want to encourage you, keep going. Keep going. It's worth it in the end. You might as well run on to the end because you're going to the end anyways. Whether you're with God or not, you're going on to the end. The word of God says he will help us. He will help us if we will let him. If we will let him. He'll help mm. us in our time of need. So understand what, what needs we have before God tonight. Uh, and let's end on a prayer. We don't always do it, but let's end on a prayer. Uh, if you guys were joining with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, just another Bible study, Lord. Another opportunity for us to fellowship lord we're coming before you with thanksgiving lord with gratefulness uh with uh, everything that we we have that's within us lord we're coming before your throne of grace lord asking that you would just continue to open our minds continue to be with us continue to lead and guide us into all truth lord we're praying for all of us right now, Lord, everyone on this Bible study, even those uh, who we haven't seen in a while, wherever we may be in the world, Lord, we're praying for uh, your lost people. We're praying for uh, healing of the nation, healing, uh, spiritual healing, even more so than physical healing. Lord, we want to be saved at the end of the day, Lord. Being saved means so much more than being physically healed. And so, Lord, we're praying for salvation first and foremost, Lord, that we would repent that we would change our lives, Lord, that we would uh, grow into the people that you want us to be, Lord. Nah, it, it doesn't matter what we want each other to be, Lord. It matters what you want us to be. And so, Lord, we're praying for all these uh, many things uh, at this hour, Lord. We're praying for, again, each and every one of us, Lord, that we would grow closer to one another, Lord, that we would just learn how we can help each other be the people you're calling us to be, Lord. Uh, that's the reason you've given us brothers and sisters in Christ is so that we can help one another. And so, Lord, we're praying for that at this hour. Lord, teach us things 
Open our eyes to things that we've never seen, Lord. Help us to understand you in ways that we never have before. And Lord, we'll honor you, we'll praise you, we'll tell the whole world about you, how you're the best thing that ever happened to us. So Lord, we pray all these blessings in your magnificent name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yes, amen. Praise the Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Mm. His spirit. All right, you guys. God bless y'all. Y'all be safe. Lord willing. I'll see you guys again next week. Lord bless y'all. Have a good night. Love y'all, man. Grace and peace. Good night, you guys. God bless.